Hello, I am Vishal Gondal, founder and CEO of Goki. to write a history of tech startups in India, there would surely be a pretty big chapter dedicated to the guest of this episode, Vishal Gondal. Vishal started tinkering with computers at an era when they did not even have floppy disks and he eventually became a tech entrepreneur while he was still in college employing people much older than him. This is a part one of two-part Founder Thesis episode. In this episode, Vishal talks to Akshay Dutt about his amazing journey as a pioneering tech entrepreneur, culminating with Disney acquiring his company for almost $100 million. Stay tuned and subscribe to the Founder Thesis podcast on any audio streaming platform to learn about the evolution of the entrepreneurial ecosystem in India. I spent pretty much my childhood and all my life in the city of Mumbai, more specifically in the suburb of Chembur. And in fact, my companies, whether it was India Games or whether it is Goki, we are all based in this area. In fact, I know I pretty much walked to my office from my home. Ever since I was a kid, I was a curious kid. I used to love tinkering with technology. I used to open my television set or radio and all the electronic gadgetry at home. Of course, that was a different thing. I could never put it back. But early on, I was involved in two things. One is sports. I was very avidly into sports. I used to play volleyball. And I ended up representing the state in the national tournament. I was the captain of Mumbai, captain of my school. So a lot of my time used to go playing playing sports. And the rest of the time, I was always trying to tinker with electronics. So that's when my father gave me a gift once. And that gift was actually a very interesting device. And people who are listening to this should actually Google this. It's called the Casio PV110. So Casio PV110 was this calculator which you could actually program with BASIC, the computer programming language. And this was called the data bank version. And you can even see it today. And this was like one of the earliest computing device, the Casio PV110. And I think it was released like in the late 70s or 80s. 1983 is when it was released, actually. And I got it maybe 87, 88. And I used to, I started and I started learning programming myself because I really wanted to make the most of this calculator I had and I programs. And that time there was no place to learn computer programming. So I used to get the manuals, which taught me. So I taught myself basic programming and then my father saw the enthusiasm. So then he got me the next thing, which was called the Sinclair ZX Spectrum. Sinclair ZX Spectrum was again one of the early computing devices. It used the Z80 processor and it used the audio cassette to store data. So this is way before even floppy disks where this is predating floppy disks where you literally so you could get games and stuff in audio cassettes and you actually used to play that whole cassette and load a game. And again, I was tinkering with those devices and making games and codes. And again, this is all self-learning. I was maybe 14, 15, 16 years old. And so my father was really enthusiastic seeing that, hey, this kid is doing all of this. So he then got me, and that was the biggest turning point, who then got me my first PC. 
and this was a PC device with the two floppy drives. It was uh, there was no hard disk. They just used to have two floppy drives. Yeah. I think it was the... one would be the OS and the other for data storage. Exactly. So this is the five and a quarter inch floppy, and then I pretty much graduated through every computing device. Whether it, I started with the PC, then I went to the PC two eight six, three eight six. 486 and then the Pentium. Bottom line is, so I was curious. I started coding, learning, and that one thing led to another. And that's what the, my first business actually ended up becoming that I started teaching my friends coding. And this was from home. And you, I used to be the coolest kid who could, could play games and code. So I started that. And that led to me starting a computer institute. So I was doing this at home and then... I got two other people and there was a little garage my father had in this area called Shell Colony. And that led to a computer institute and it had an interesting name. It was called FACT Computers and FACT actually stood for Futura Academy of Computer Technology. So it was like an abbreviation made up and it was literally among the first few computer training institutes in the country actually. This was pre-NIIT Oh, yeah, yeah. This is pre-NIIT, pre-Aptech days also. And I used to train people in GW Basic, DBase, 3 Plus, WordStar. How old were you when you were when you launched Fact? I think I must be 17, 16, 17, 18, around that time. And you managed to clear your 12th board exam? Well, the best part was I, had, I did not have to go to school as much because I was volleyball. So in my 10th standard, I barely scored any marks. But the best part was... Because of my volleyball, I got into the sports quota and I got into uh, Podar College. And again, the reason so I choose commerce because science required compulsory attendance. In commerce, you did not need any, there was no attendance threshold. And especially if you're into sports, there is no threshold. As long as you give your exams, that's it. So I ended up joining Podar College and that gave me the flexibility to continue playing my sport and running my business at the same time. And I used to somehow scrape through the exams and from 10th, I did manage to cover, get clear my 12th. Of course, by the time I did my TY or got there, I had many ATKTs and stuff. So anyway, I didn't end up, I failed three, four times. But I think what I what really happened is at a very early age, I started earning. So one of my big projects actually came from a bank who wanted to send their annual report every year. And the bank, and this was a cooperative bank which had some 5,000 members. So it was a task for them to write 5,000 names on everything. So what I did is I created a database and then I created a system which could print on the labels. So from this whole process of manually writing or typewriting, I created, and this was a dot matrix printer. And I used to charge the bank per label. So I used to charge them 10 rupees per label, but it was a great thing for them because what was taking them weeks and sometimes months to write 5,000 names, I just said at the press of a button, I give them this, and all they have to do is remove the label and stick it on the envelope. Hmm. This is the original mail merge. Original mail merge. And this actually became a great business because once I created the database, I used to keep charging them for every print. They came to me and now once they said, hey, we sent annual report. Now we want to send this. Now we want to send that. So I, I did not realize the amount of paper banks had to send their members and account holders. So that, so again, I must have ended up earning a few lakhs 
by just doing that business. This I am talking of the year 1994-95. How old were you in 95? So I was about, so I was born in 1976. So yeah, about 20 years. Yeah, 1920. Yeah, so literally that age. And it was all fun. And then what happened one fine day is that while tinkering with programming and gaming, I got introduced to something called Macromedia Director. This was pre-Flash. Even Flash was not there. So Director and then there was AutoCAD. So I got into AutoCAD. This is Ventura, Clipper. So again, I'm talking about this new revolution called DTP. DTP became this new word. Again, nobody uses DTP, but DTP was like the big thing. The whole publishing industry was supposed to be revolutionized. So I got into DTP. I actually got into 3D. In fact, I, in my institute, I became the first authorized training center for Autodesk. So I was teaching people how to make 3D models. So I actually have done animation. I have done modeling. I have done rigging on 3D. I have done 3D Studio Max, Maya, everything. And that's what led me to gaming because I already knew programming and I knew 3D art. So I said, then the combination is gaming. And that's when I started coding games. And that one thing led to another. And I think the biggest inflection point for me happened during the Cargill War in 1998. When this whole thing was happening, everybody was pissed at what was happening. So I created this game called I Love India. It was a game where, it was a very basic game. You actually had a screen with an India map. And at the border, we had these characters coming down, which were the terrorists. And you were the Indian soldiers and you had to shoot them down so that they don't cross into the border, like infiltrate in the border. The only difference was this game was rigged. So whatever you do, the, the at the end, the game, India always won. Even if you were not doing anything, at the end, something would happen and you would win. And I put this game online. That time, by the way, internet came in 1997 is when internet came in. So again, I had the first internet connection and first email address from VSNL and all of that. So what happened really is when I was making this game got featured by BBC. That time there was Star News, the, the early days of news in India. Yeah, early days of cable TV. Yeah, Early days of cable TV. And because of this, it was featured, we had almost 300,000 plays of the game. Because that time, these were all, it used to take 20 minutes to download and play the game online. It's, it was a, like a browser game or you download an EXE? It's a browser. But what happened is to play the game, you required a plugin, the Macromedia plugin. And that plugin used to take so long to download. So you first download the plugin. And similarly with Flash also, if you remember, you needed a Flash player. And then your Flash content used to work. And then I said, hey, this gaming looks interesting. How do I make this into a business? How do I make money with gaming? And this is around 97 when you were thinking of pivoting to gaming. Yeah, 98. So after it, so my computer education was the first thing. Fact Computers and that's went to Fact Interactive. That was the next venture. And Fact Interactive became, and in fact, my I had a, I still have a card somewhere, which I, so my designation was Interactivist. Okay, nice. In 97, how much was Fact Like, how much were you able to monthly, annually, if you remember it? I would say that a few lakhs a month easily, four, five lakhs a month, right, you know. And this was a mix of selling courses and services like the printing, bird service. Yeah, all of that, all of that. In fact, in my DTP days, I used to do one other very interesting thing. And, and if there's anybody listening to this, I have made project reports for many students. So during their university days, the engineering students have to create this project 
which was all about. So I used to type. I had data entry operators who used to type it, and then we used to beautify it, make make it look good. And again, each project used to be a few hundred pages, and then you required ten copies of this. And each of that, we used to charge about ten twenty thousand rupees for the whole project with printing, designing, and all that. And I must have again done quite a lot of that. And I'm sure a lot of people listening to this might. I may have done that for you someday. From coding to banks used to call me when their systems got crashed. Yeah, our data recall karke do. So I've I've done it all. I used to even code in assembly. I could get into assembly language, and these were the early days when DOS, Windows was not even prevalent. I'm talking of DOS and then Windows. So I've seen all the generations of computing in that sense. The gaming me I realized that I can make a game. How do I make money? And that was the time the whole Pepsi war with Coca-Cola was at its peak. Pepsi and Coke were going at each other, and luckily Pepsi had nothing official about it. Uh, campaign. So Pepsi's office was literally a few kilometers from my house. They had an office in Duke Soda Factory in Chembur, and now, in fact, they are they've broken it and they're making it into a complex recently. But that was the most famous landmark of Bombay, actually, the Duke Soda Factory. And that's where Pepsi's office was. So I said, let me go, and I created a game demo on my own. The demo basically was that there are these Coke cans which are floating on the screen, and there's a cannon which is in the face of a Pepsi bottle, and you can hit on the cannon, and you're hitting the Coke bottles. And I said, you know what? This if they are so much anti-Coke, Pepsi would love this. So I actually went and to meet them, but you know that time there was no laptop, so I actually took my desktop with me. You know, auto rickshaw. So I carried a monitor, the whole CPU, keyboard, everything, and I ended up in Pepsi's office at I think nine or ten in the morning. And I said, "Hey, I want to meet whoever is in charge of marketing." And they were looking at who's this kid who's come with this computer box and all of that. Uh, and they said, "No, no, please sit and all that." So I must have been there for a couple of hours actually. Finally, there is a guy who came in. His name is T.J. Venkat. He was the general manager of marketing for Pepsi. And Venkat saw this game, and his eyes lit up. Wow! So he called a few of our other colleagues. Kiya, dekho, dekho. And they said, "We love it. Let's do one thing. Let's install this at movie theaters." So Pepsi had deals with movie theaters like Sterling, Regal, all the movies. And the idea was, we'll install this at the movie theater, and people can play this game. And if you shoot in thirty seconds, X Coke cans, you get a free Pepsi. So we created a little promo out of it. And this game was info installed with kiosks. And by the way, we used touchscreen kiosks in that time. This is again I'm talking about before even iPhone introduced the touchscreen. We got the so the thing was there was a screen you could touch it and play this game. And this was just done as an experiment in Mumbai. It really kicked ass. People loved it. There were lines outside this machine in VT and Sterling Cinema was the first place we did it, and they saw the amazing thing this could do. And then the second thing, of course, they paid me a lot of money, a few lakhs for it. But what Pepsi did was the HR guy said, "Hey, this is a great tool for motivating our employees." So they got they again paid me a bunch of money, and they got this installed on all the computers of their employees. And they were said that whenever you feel like having some josh, play this game, and you can shoot at Coke cans. And then I ended up meeting another lady who, of course, is still very active in the world of marketing and brand and communication. She was the then marketing director of Pepsi. Her name is Vibha Rishi. So Vibha saw this, 
and Viba loved it. And Viba said, you know what, we'll take this national. And from just doing this little experiment in Mumbai, I ended up taking this game all over India. And that was one of the biggest success. And that led to this whole idea of what I call Adver Gaming. So the idea was go to a brand and tell them, hey, I will create this amazing game which will engage with your customer and you give them a gratification and you do that at the point of retail. So they, their whole thing was, ki, by the way, this is a time when new shopping malls were new, stores were new. So people were saying that, how do we engage? So I met brands like Kellogg's, Epstodent, many brands from Unilever. So I must have, and even I went to pharma companies and we made this for medicines, for doctors to play games. In fact, I remember one of my biggest projects actually came from a company which immediately after this thing went bankrupt. This is the start of the whole crash, which was that time called Arthur Anderson. So Arthur Anderson called me this, what was that oil trading company? I forget the name, which got caught in some scandal and the fallout was Arthur Anderson. So they said that they have hired some very expensive consultant to make a new logo for them. And the new logo was nothing but an orange circle with a gradient, orange, green, like a sun. So I had a meeting with all these top guys and they said, this is the logo, this is the new. And they wanted all their employees to play with this logo and imbibe this logo. And I created a jigsaw puzzle. I created hidden object, find the logo. So basically, again, I charged them a bomb and we created this games of all different kinds, all involving their logo, which is only used for a few hours for their launch when they were supposed to unveil the unveil the logo. But I, again, they were all thinking innovative, right? I mean, how do you make something like an orange logo so exciting? So what happened is that this started seeing my business started growing. I had all these revenues coming in. That was a time somewhere 99. I got a call from this company. Never heard of them. They said, I am calling from Price Waterhouse and I am investment banker. So my father used to tell me one thing, Kia, don't take a loan. You don't need a loan. And I told them, Ki, listen, we bank I don't need a loan. I said, no, 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 we are not that banker. We are investment banker. I had no idea what the investment banker is. So I said, okay, we'll call you back. So I spoke to a friend of mine who, by the way, did his chartered accountancy. So he was the smartest kid in, in my college. And I told him, Ki, a company, a prize waterhouse. He said, no, no, they are a very big company. They do this, they do that. Unko mil to lo. So I said, okay, mil lete. So they came to meet me. So my office was, just to give you a, an image, it's in the middle of Chembur Station. Chembur Station is like a bhaji market. There are vegetable vendors all over. You can like a station may auto bhi ja hai, bus bhi ja hai. Udar se log, uh, hawkers hai. You know, this is like a station area of a suburb. You can barely walk. And our office, the entrance is in this lane, and that lane has all these exotic vegetable vendors. So it's it in a way stinks. And then we were on the second floor of that building. It was called Parik Building in Chembu, on Chembu Station. And so I was, so I normally am in always in t-shirts and jeans or t-shirts and shorts. So these guys said, we are coming to meet you. And the guys are Girish Sahajwala, who by the way now is a very big guy in, in I think he's now with what PWC with somebody else. I met him recently in Singapore. And so both these guys came in and they came in full suits. Everybody in our building was like, you know, I don't think there is anybody in our entire complex who ever came wearing the black suit, black tie. And they, they were even wearing the suit, ke andar jo ek chota suit pente, with full tie. So imagine in this bhaji market, there are these two people coming in. And then they come up and I'm in shorts and t-shirts. 
and they told me that oh you know what you are doing is amazing gaming industry bahut bad rahi hai we will get you something called venture capital i said listen meko kuch venture capital capital nahi chahiye bolte no no we'll get you so basically they insisted that they can get me venture capital i had no idea what venture capital nobody had heard of venture i mean there was no example of vc funding in india at that time exactly this is 1999 so they said no we will get you and they said that we will get you 2 crores like, 2 crores i was like that's good again you know i said that listen what is this how will you why will somebody give me 2 crores and he said no this is equity i had no idea what equity or what debt or any of this so basically then they explained to me they said venture capital is like a capital which you never have to return back i was like wow so i said if i use the money i can do whatever i you can do whatever you want and if it doesn't work out do i have to give it back they said no so i said yeah no that makes sense i said agar aisa hai to apne baap ka gutt nahi jata we, we can take it and then they said ki unki fees as it was mera so aapko fees dene ke paise nahi hai so they said okay we'll make it success fees so you only pay me if you get the money so i said well that's even great before i could say anything suddenly we had prize water house appointed as our banker these guys came in they came in and they asked me lots of questions ki ye kya hai wo kya kya karte ho and then they said we'll create a business model for you what is a business model i have no idea so basically they asked me a bunch of questions and then they created an excel sheet wo excel sheet ke andar ek number tha usko click karoge to dusre sheet mein jata hai usko click karoge to teesre mein jata hai chauthe mein aise panch they create one sheet of five layers and then they said assumptions and you change one number and the entire sheet changes so the whole model was how many games how many corporates are there how many games we'll make how much per revenue per game and then we are going to put it on so we by the way that time we got the domain name indiagames.com to ye india games mein jayega the concept is that we are going to create indian themed games which will be funded by advertisers so we will create an indian game but the indian game will have pepsi or kellogs or boost or whatever brand integration hoga or brand humko dega and people will play it online and all of that so the model was great and i had no idea they just told me ki yeah, just sound confident and go and do this then they got meetings my first meeting was with the a gentleman who i have great respect for and coincidentally he's on my board even today pravin gandhi pravin gandhi had just set up Infinity Venture Fund. This is the first venture fund which was set up by Praveen Bai, Saurabh Shivastav. This is this predates any angel fund. Nothing. But the Infinity was the original fund of angels. So this was all the tie. So the tie what we see now tie all the original guys of tie set up Infinity Venture Fund. So all these guys were the LPs of the fund, and Praveen Bai loved it. And then I had another meeting with the, another gentleman called Rahul Shah from. that time of course abhi ilfs is not a good name but in 1999 ilfs was a great institute they had a fund so i met rahul and rahul asked me the most notorious questions and i literally fought with him he said game kon khelne wala hai game bakwas hai nobody is going to ever pay for it this is a fad gaming is all bullshit so he provoked me and i said listen here if you don't know how gaming then don't try and challenge me and i literally stormed out of that meeting and i told prize waterhouse that mai kabhi inse kaam nahi karu but when you won't believe they are the guys both Infinity and ILFS said we want to fund you, and now the problem was they wanted to give me more money. Infinity said I want to be the lead, and ILFS said I want to do this. So Infinity wanted to put one point seven five crores, ILFS wanted to put it one point five crores. So now they wanted to put more money. So हमने दो करोड़ सोचा था. Finally, the amount of money I was getting was almost three and a half whatever that crores. And I said, wow! In a matter of weeks, I mean, four past presentation, carry and you know, public. I was like, man, ये तो बहुत अजीब बात है. Then उन्होंने बोला भैया तुमको term sheet भेजने वाले हैं हम. The term sheet क्या होता है? 
I don't know whether he was appointed, but he was just nominated to be a high court judge. He's one of India's top lawyer. He was with J Sagar Associates. He was he's the most sought out lawyer for SEBI. His name is Soma Shekhar Sundaration. So Soma, as he's popularly known, his first case was actually one of his first case was my case or my term sheet which he negotiated, and then he also did my shareholders agreement. And the best part was. we did not have any negotiating points because i was simply saying that listen here i never negotiated equity i never negotiated any of these things today a lot of people over analyze and do all of this that time the i sometimes say that not knowing is actually a good thing in fact a lot of people who knew a lot kept negotiating and literally what happened is we were among the last few deals which happened in 1999 end and 2000 may and pre 2000 dot com bust happened So basically, literally, we were among the last few deals which got done before the bust. And the deals which did not get done were people who were negotiating and saying, "मेरे को ये टर्म चाहिए, वो टर्म चाहिए." हमको कुछ पता नहीं था, तो वो सब पैसे आ गए. So suddenly, imagine at that time, 1999, I was what 22, 23 years old with three and a half crores. And in that time, again, for people to know the context, in that time, three crores is today's 30 crores or maybe 40 crores. So it is like At least 10x, or if you cut it, inflation it is 10, 20x. And I had a venture-funded company. I had a board. And again, just to give you a flashback, they wanted me to get a president. They said, or CEO. They said, "Yeah, you, Mavi, you don't have grey hair. You need grey hair." So I went. Guess to who? To the same guy, the Pepsi guy who gave me my first business, T.J. Venkat. T.J. Venkat, by the way, by that time had become the country head of Sri Lanka of Pepsi. So I used to go to Sri Lanka. I did some business, and then I convinced T.J. Venkat to come and join us to be the CEO or president of the company. And and Venkat came on board. It it has been a crazy journey. And by the way, my volleyball was going on the side, but my volleyball come over here, sports come over here, and you know I started gaining weight and all of that because now that suddenly I'm running a company. So I think the starting of India Games has literally lots of ups and downs and challenges. I think the journey has was even bigger a roller coaster. The minute we launched, dot com bust happened. We had also put money in marketing. So within less than twelve months, we were about to run out of cash because हमने सब पैसे उड़ा दिए थे, like everybody else. But because my core skill was making games, we quickly moved our model to a services model. We said we'll make games for others, and we continued to survive. Games for brands for engaging customers or what? No games for brands. Games for brands. The original model of uh, advertorial, exactly. So the whole dot com model, we are advertising. We have made an ad. In fact, I jokingly say we were saved by RBI. So the reason we got saved was otherwise we'll have zero money. We made a full ad film. Uh, also, so the reason we got saved was otherwise we'll have zero money. We made a full ad film of one of our games, and that ad film was supposed to play on TV. But that time to put your ad on TV, the MTV office was in Hong Kong. And Star TV office was in Hong Kong, so you needed RBI approval to remit money to play your ad, and RBI disapproved our application. So we were, so we were about to spend almost seventy-five lakhs on our biggest ad campaign, 
and RBI disapproved the campaign. So I thank RBI and sometimes I say that when we say that these things are blocks and bottlenecks, but sometimes these bottlenecks are for the good. This lovely saying, no, thank God for unanswered prayers. Exactly, exactly. So, you know, I mean, like I said, I've seen it all with India Games. I look at India Games in three phases. Phase one was when 2000 to 2002, when we were struggling as a startup. Phase two of India Games was very interesting. We had discovered mobile gaming. This is again when something called WAP, WAP was announced. I told my board that mobile gaming is going to be the next big thing. They said, what are you joking? There is a call for one minute. Who is going to play games on their phone? So I said, no, believe me, gaming is going to be big. And since we could make games, we approached Nokia. And we told Nokia that Nokia had the most phones, that we will make games for you. Nokia was in the process of launching its first color phone, color camera phone. And that was the first phone which supported Java games and Symbian games. And Nokia told us that, listen, we want games for this. But our model is a little model is that we will not pay for the games. You have to make the games. We will give you revenue share. What is revenue share? They said, listen, revenue share is that mobile operators will sell these games to their customers and they will retain 50% and you will take 50%. But we will not pay any money. So we said, don't do They said, okay, chalo, we give you some money for it. But we are just going to support you from our budget. But you have to make the game. So we made 11 games totally for that phone. For 7650 and the rest is history. What happened is that there were only four companies in the world who Nokia told to make games. One was us, one was a Finnish company, one was an American company and one was I think from Barcelona or Spain somewhere. So these four companies we had the most games in our country. We had two or three games totally Nokia games. And what Nokia was the dominant mobile phone manufacturer. So what Nokia did is they went to every mobile operator and said, here is the new phone. And they said, what is the user of this phone? Please launch these games on your portal. Nokia helped us get contracts with 65 mobile operators across the world. Be it Singtel, Verizon, uh, KDDI, any, you name a country and you name a mobile operator. Nokia got us, I was literally on a plane and all of them did deals with us. And these games launched and from having no revenue, we ended up doing almost a million dollars in revenue, a million dollars. And from these 11 odd games, we said, man, this is crazy. And that's when we got the next idea. We said, this game, what was the name of Tank Attack, Zapper, these are all like simple games with no brand. So then the idea was, what if we could get a brand? Can those games become very big? And that's when we said, let's get a brand. So I scribbled the name Superman, Spider-Man, Batman. And then we said, let's get one of these games. So we then identified Marvel. This is Marvel Comics before they were acquired by Disney. So Marvel had an office in New York. So I went to Marvel Comics and I said, listen, we need to make games for you. And they said, listen, we don't make games. We license out. We don't make licensing fees or And the licensing amount they asked us basically took... Basically, we had to bet every dollar we have in our company to get that license. Again, that negotiation went back and forth for many months. And finally, you know, what we did was the biggest hack. I told my team, let's start making the game anyhow, whether we have the license or no. So while we were negotiating, the game was getting developed. And 
finally they said we can only give you a six months license six months license we are ha- we are happy to take six months they said what are you can you do that and yeah we will take six months license because they thought that six months license mein to teen char mahine development time hai to do mahine ke liye thodi license le so they actually give it gave it in a way to dissuade us but we said no we can do it they did not know that my game is almost ready and how much did they charge for a six month license so we paid them i think at that point of time a minimum guarantee of almost i think it is almost 150000 a minimum guarantee which means that their share of the revenue made through these basically it was a ott model right like mobile operators would sell ott and 50% of that comes to you out of that 50% some percentage goes to marvel which you guaranteed at $50000 and that was all the money i had in that sense and marvel said that these guys are probably stupid right i mean anyway we did the deal and again touchwood for us and i say spiderman always saves the day and that game became and within a the minute contract was signed our game was ready in one week after the contract it, the game went to all the mobile operators we did it in i think 20 languages and on that one game in 6 months we made close to 2 million dollars in revenue so again we bet the whole house on that and that's what got us to the next thing So again, we were now rocking, right? A company which was going bankrupt to suddenly having millions of dollars in revenue. Which year was this? The Marvel Spider-Man deal. So this is two thousand four. And how big was your team by that time? Tell me about the org. We were about sixty, seventy people, not too much. And these were like designers and coders who were basically making games. All of that. All of that. So basically, the a very interesting part about the gaming industry is that today, if you look at gaming industry in India. you will not find a single company which does not have an ex india games employee so in its entire career of india games from 2000 2013 to 14 a few thousand people came and you know like churn etc so they really became like the the university of gaming in india in a way so what happened in 2004 our initial investor wanted an exit and that's when we again said okay let's go to the market let's raise money and we got a new banker and this time we appointed Ernst and Young as our banker and Sen Young was led by this amazing gentleman of course he passed away a couple of years back Samir Bangara Samir Bangara was he was a CEO of Qki so Samir came in as our banker and again we were negotiating with multiple vc funds and we had term sheets etc etc we were about to finalize a deal then i got a call here yaar there is this event happening please come to beijing so i went to beijing for an event and there i met this amazing company never heard of them they are called tom online tom online was one of the biggest companies they were listed on nasdaq and tom was big into the mobile vast space in china it was basically part of hutchison group so tom online i met the people in beijing and they said man this is a, we've just went ipo in nasdaq and hamari strategy is that we have to grow outside china and we want to do gaming this sounds very exciting we are happy to come as investors etc etc so i said listen yaar hamari already deal is almost done abhi tum kahan se china se aake karoge they no 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 you know we can do it we like you a lot etc can you come to hong kong and meet our group ceo so i told them that listen I have a flight to go I and my flight ticket is directly from Beijing to Bombay I can't change my ticket to go to So basically I just said I can't do they said no 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 don't worry we will get you a ticket and we will take you to Hong Kong so I said okay chalo they flew me in, in business class and made me stay at Ritz and all that and they took me to Hong Kong and then I met the group CEO and they were very impressed and they said what to do so I told them dekho yaar our deal is already done more or less 
and unless you are going to offer something which is truly exceptional to our investors why will they do the deal they said no 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 tell us what is exceptional so i called pravin gandhi so just to give you a context our investors had invested around 600000 dollars that time whatever 4 500000 they stamp rupee dollar rate alag tha they had invested that and our vc deal was at around 7 8 lakh 7 8 million dollars so it was like a 2 3x jump so they jokingly told me ki yaar matlab 2 3x hai agar koi strategic aana chahta hai to usko kam se kam bolo ki you know 10 to kar de 12 to kar de you know so i went to them and i said listen the investors will do the deal at 20 20 million that valuation so they came back and they said not 20 is a little high but we can do 18 i said great so i went back to our board and investors and i said listen you wanted 12 i am going to get this deal at at 18 and within 24 hours we got a term sheet signed and finally it took 30 60 days to close but what happened is these investors who came in at who put 3 and 1/2 crores in 1999 ended up selling at a valuation of 18 million so they made 17x on the money they put in and the deal was they bought out the investors me and my team sold a small percentage and we wanted to still i mean i was not going to do anything else so we still continue to run the company the only difference was now instead of having two three vcs we had one one investor which is tom online which was this large chinese company and that was the first time when i saw an exit and we saw how employees made money investors made money in fact if you talk to pravin bhai he will tell you that the only two bets which actually paid the whole fund of infinity because most of them were write offs for them during that time there were two companies india games and they also had one other company called india bulls that was their company so then again i started developing the company from 2004 but 2006 was another turning point what happened is the stock of tom online tanked in nasdaq and their ceo got replaced there was a new ceo and the new ceo said we don't want to do anything outside china we only want to focus in china we want to get out of all assets outside china and they told me that and they said abhi kya kare i said okay don't worry i will get you a new investor and i will get you a new thing and then again we went to market and by the way before before i forget again i went back in samir who was that time our banker I got Samir to join as our CEO. So I told Samir, "No, you have sold them the plan. Uh, what was the plan? The licensing, like the Marvel experiment. You wanted to scale that up. There was many. Now, so we were in the mobile gaming. So set up offices. We set up office in Spain. We set up office in Los Angeles. We set up office in China. So global domination ka plan tha wo. And this was through OTT route. Like you will. So this was called Vast. This was pre the App Store. This time there was no Android or no app, Apple App Store. This is pre that. This is when Airtel had Airtel Live, Vodafone ka ya Reliance ka bhi ek store hota tha, Reliance Web World and whatever it was. And they would make a lot of money through things like Hello Tunes and wallpaper, ringtone, wallpaper. Yeh sab bechte the sab log yaar. In fact, Paytm by the way, Paytm was one nine seven that time, and one nine seven used to run. callback tones ringtones and vijay and all these guys they're all roots are in the vast space the operator sms hangama used to do the ringback tones so a lot of the companies today have their roots or their founders have their roots in the vast ecosystem in some way or the other so in 2006 the chinese wanted to get out so that time again we went to market and then we did another deal we got roni so roni had utv wanted to get into gaming in a big way and ronnie loved loved us and we loved ronnie and we then so utv was a film production company till then yeah 
New TV's business is only films and television. Ronnie wanted to get into gaming, and that is the time we said, "Listen, we are the best gaming in company in town." So Ronnie came in. He bought out the Chinese, put some more money, and basically we then replaced the Chinese with Ronnie. But then there are two other investors on our cap table. One was Cisco. So we were, by the way, Cisco's first investment in India. First ever investment of Cisco in India was India Games, and Adobe also, by the way, invested in us. So we had Cisco, Adobe, and Ronnie on the cap table from two thousand six seven. And the deal with Ronnie was that all the movies of UTV we will be making games for. So you name the movie, whether it was Swades, Ravan, all the movies which was made under the UTV banner, India Games got the rights to make games. So 2006 to 2010, Levin was again very good time. We grew. Our team was almost 400, 350, 400 people. We had the peak had almost 60 percent share of the gaming market in India. So Nazara, by the way. Was maybe twenty twenty percent at that time. We were like sixty percent. Nazara was just this is vast talking about. We used to go and run gaming for operators. So what we went and told operator was, "Yeah, gaming, gaming, chhod do. We will be running your game store. So Airtel store. We were working with Airtel. We were working with Vodafone. And now it was not just about giving them games. So we had two businesses. One was our own games." But the other was we were aggregating games from all over the world, and we had our own platform which operators were running in. So it was our games plus. So the business had really matured to another level. What kind of revenues were you doing by 2010? We were close to at the time of exit. So I don't remember 2010 exactly, but when we sold, so 2012 we sold the company to Disney. When Disney bought UTV, like part of that. Disney did two transactions. They bought UTV and they bought India Games. I think we were around a little less than ten million dollars when they bought us with profitability, and Disney bought us. And so it was a great journey. And I'm just again summarizing this, but I can tell you that there were many ups and downs. I have done multiple transactions of getting new investor, getting old investor, getting money. So yeah, sub strategic investor. We have worked with strategics. We have worked with private equity. We have worked with venture capital. So all kinds of investors. And 2012 is when the grand finale happened in a way when Disney acquired the company, and then I was with Disney for a year as an employee of Disney. What did they value it, if you are limited? I think publicly they talked about a hundred million figure at which they bought the company. But again, I, me and my team were just having fun. This was more of fun. So I was with Disney for a year, but then Disney had a non-compete with me. So I left Disney, and that's what led me to Goki, which is my current company. And that brings us to the end of this conversation. I want to ask you for a favor now. Did you like listening to this show? I'd love to hear your feedback about it. Do you have your own startup ideas? I'd love to hear them. Do you have questions for any of the guests that you heard about in this show? I'd love to get your questions and pass them on to the guests. Write to me at ad at thepodium dot in. That's ad at t h e p o d i u m dot in.